Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Outcomes Rocket listeners, welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket, where we chat with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders. Hey, I really want to thank you for tuning in again, and I invite you to go to outcomesrocket.com slash reviews, where you could leave a rating and a review for our show today. Or if you just want to share what you think about the show in general, we love hearing from our listeners. Without further ado, I want to introduce an outstanding guest. His name is Dr. Keith. Grimes. Dr. Keith Grimes is a geek, a gamer, a general practitioner who has spent over 25 years integrating technology and medicine. He has a passion for digital health and works tirelessly to innovate at the front lines. As a founder of VR Doctor, he's currently exploring the role of virtual and augmented reality in healthcare. He's got a lot of really cool stuff under his belt. And what I want to do is open up the mic to Keith to Give us a little bit more of intro in that bio and uh, just welcome you to the show. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, all. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so what am I going to add to that intro? Well, I'm a 4G. I'm a giant. I'm six foot six. So, so that's, that's 4G. Yeah, and, I, and I'm looking for 50 <laughs> ahead of the rollout of that technology when it comes around. <laughs> I suppose... I, I suppose to clarify to uh, American listeners or, or non-UK based listeners, a GP or a general practitioner is what you might call a primary care physician, so or a family physician. And then my personal interest within medicine is urgent and unscheduled care. And then the, the rest of my time, I'm a digital health consultant. So I've spoken internationally on innovation in digital health, especially virtual and augmented reality. I've advised corporations and small startups to help them think creatively about how they might solve their problems. And uh, most recently, I'm the founder of VR Doctors, which is a community of patients, clinicians, developers, and academics. And we kind of meet up and discuss, connect, and share best practice in clinical immersive media. That's so interesting. And it's something that is surfacing a lot now with the development of, of that technology, uh, Keith. What do you think one of the biggest promises of VR in, in healthcare is? I think when you break it down, virtual reality offers everything. I mean, it, it's a computer simulation of uh, either a real or a simulated world that you can interact with. And if you spend any time thinking about that, it basically allows you to do or see anything that you want. And so the, the possibilities are technically endless. But if you look and focus about what's happening right now, I think that the interesting thing is that virtual reality has been, has been around for a little while, since the early 90s, and already has some good use cases in areas such as pain control and mental health applications and education and training. So it's already being used on small scale. And what's really exciting about virtual reality is that the current crop of consumer units, particularly things like uh, Samsung Gear VR or Google Daydream that you might use with your cell phones, that really allows people to get access very, very easily. And so the, the potential market for people using this and the patients you can help it has expanded exponentially. Yeah, that's so interesting. I really think that it's a fascinating place to play and uh, you guys are definitely neck deep into it. Keith, before you, the spark even lit, what is it that got you into healthcare? Well, what got me into healthcare was my parents, but, but not in the way that you might think, because I come from a family of engineers and scientists, um, and my dad introduced me to computers back in 1983, he gave me a Commodore 64. I was 10 at that point, and we were living in Singapore, because my dad was in the oil industry, and I remember cycling to the local science museum to buy a book on programming, it was on my BMX, 
Oh go back, learn how to code. And, and from then on, I was hooked. <laughs> that is awesome. And so so all the way through, I was like, yeah, this is great. I'm going to write computer games. I'm going to go to the university and study computer science. But um, I was doing too well. My parents put an end to that and said, look, you can be a doctor or a lawyer. And I thought, well, who, who wants to be a lawyer, right? So, so I, became, <laughs> I became a doctor. Um, but actually through that and be, you know, studying medicine and learning, learning the, the science and, and the art and the craft of medicine, I now, you know, I love that. And my vocation is to mix those two loves, the technology and the medicine. That's so cool. And a, and a really wonderful story. I just had this vision of you racing through the streets on your BMX <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to get that programming book. And the cool thing now, uh, Keith, is that now as we talk, you know, I still sense that inner child. Yeah. But I think it is, is absent in a lot of people that have been in the game for a while. And so yeah. I think that's pretty cool. It's something that listeners, you, you think about how you can awaken that because when you awaken that inner child, that's when you start thinking creatively. I couldn't agree more. Maybe finding those things that drove you when you were a child or a teen, staying childlike and staying curious is the thing that's keeping me keeping me right, keeping me on the right line of uh, burnouts, you know, because medicine could be a tough gig. Yeah, for sure. And I definitely get that from you. You know, the, the times that we've talked, Keith, I mean, I just, when we hang up, I'm just like excited about medicine, you know, and I'm just feeling hopeful again. So it's definitely uh, contagious. <laughs> good, good. Hey, so tell me, what do you think, Keith, should be on top of mind for medical leaders right now? Okay, so all medical leaders have to ask the question, how do we integrate the exponential advances in digital health into what we're doing. And so digital health, I'm talking about the revolutions in artificial and in genomics, virtual and, artificial, uh, virtual and augmented reality, digital drugs, telemedicine, all of those things, because they are steaming ahead in society as a whole and delivering benefits to people in lots of different sectors and healthcare should be no different. But healthcare is, is a little bit conservative, a little bit more slow to move. And so I think the medical leaders need to be gaining an understanding of this and maybe getting some practical experience of how they can implement that in their own particular sector. Keith, this is such a great call out, right? I mean, you've got so much technology that's available, but yet very little of it is being implemented. What advice would you give to healthcare leaders and practitioners or, or administrators and even med device companies on, on making this more use friendly? User-friendly. Well, if, if I was speaking to those, that particular audience, I'd say, you want to make it user-friendly, you've got to think first about your users. And uh, ultimately, in healthcare, you're talking about the patient. Yeah. The patient. Make the patient your focus. Yeah, that, that's uh, such a great call out, Keith. And I think you, in particular, do a fantastic job about that. Maybe you can dive into some examples about how you've helped improve outcomes through keeping the patient in the center. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, the example I'll give, uh, I mean, there's been a few different examples where I've been trying different technologies, but the one where I actually, where the two came together was with virtual reality last year. And again, it came from listening to patients. Uh -huh. Now, I'll talk a little bit later on about the dangers of leading with the, the solutions as opposed to the answering the problems. But in this case, my interest in virtual reality is, is years old and I've got hold of some new kit and I was playing with it, playing games, looking and thinking about how I might be able to use it. But one of my patients, while I was doing all this, one of my patients came in and he was, um, he's a big tough guy, played rugby, he'd retired, you know, and we often have a, a laugh talking about the sort of scrapes that you get into. And uh, a rugby so player too? tough guy, but... but he, yeah, yeah. My, yeah, my oh, brother was an international for Scotland, no actually. Wow. 
Yeah. So we all knew what we were talking about when it comes to the scrapes you get involved in. But this poor guy had a, a leg ulcer, and he would tell me that he was in tears when he was having mm. this dressing done. Now, for those of the, uh, your listeners that aren't really medically based or trained or don't understand this, dressing changes when you have a wound is to help optimize the healing. And uh, to change a dressing can often be quite painful. And it's not, it's not easy to make that pain-free experience for someone mm-hmm. because you can't sedate everyone, particularly in primary care. And giving them oral medication often, often doesn't do the trick either. So, so you spend a lot of time trying to distract them. So after that discussion with that patient, I just had that light bulb moment. I was like, well, he's got this problem. And actually, I knew about virtual reality, and, and there's a good evidence base for how it can help reduce pain. Principally, it was in dressing changes. And I thought, well, why the hell not? And in fact, that's the, the lesson is that you have to be sort of careful about this. But quite often, you just have to do it. You just have to get out and do it. And I had my first opportunity with a, a pregnant a lady who'd just given birth. She was having dressing changes done. And uh, she was really scared of having it done. It had to happen every day. And she was breastfeeding. It was difficult to give her medication. Mm-hmm. And so I just said to her, you know, I've got this hardware i've got this solution we can try virtual reality what do you think and she said yeah why not and i was off we used it 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 was stunning the difference it made for her she was really scared beforehand but in vr she was happy she was laughing while we were doing the dressing you know we had to remind her that we'd finished (laughs) and so i was what was impressed upon me was was the power of this consumer technology for this particular patient to reduce her pain and that set me on the task of trying to bring it to my patients. So, so I, I'm working with my patients and offering it where I can to help them with dressing changes or other painful procedures like bloodlet, you know, taking samples for blood, joint injections and stuff. And, and I think that at least from my own personal practice, that's led to some really lovely outcomes. And I think that's really interesting. Um, and it sounds like it's one of those things that's readily available. So if you're a provider, let's, you know, I encourage you to, to get inspired by Keith and think about how you could think outside the box, the healthcare box and outside yeah. of the box. There's so many technologies and it sounds like this made a big difference for her and several yeah. other of your patients. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's led me to on this path of sort of sharing my learning and, and then forming up with VR doctors. I, I was going to say that, you know, there's um, for those people out there that are interested in doing this, but are scared about just using off the shelf uh, solutions. There's definitely two providers out there, at least in the States that have uh, ready medical grade solutions. You've got uh, Howard Rose and first hand technology with cool and glow. That's um, a connected or a cabled headset version that's got a really good evidence base for, for acute and chronic pain. And then you've got the work of uh, applied VR, which has been used so successfully by Brennan Spiegel at Cedar sinai uh, which is Samsung Gear VR-based. So, so for those people that are interested in giving it a go, you might want to look them up because they provide the whole package and service. That's awesome. Thanks for the resources, Keith. And listeners, make sure you note that, but we'll also include it in the show notes so you could come back to the show online and, and click through if it's something that you're interested in pursuing. Keith, can you walk us through a time when you made a mistake or failed? and yeah. what you took from that? It's, look, what you're asking is a really, really important thing for people involved in innovation and leadership to talk about so i'm very happy to there's no shame in these things you learn more from your failures and different successes don't you man absolutely yeah and for me personally it was my time as a google glass explorer so for those i'm sure everyone remembers google glass back in the day when it was a google was pitching it to consumers and uh, i got caught up in all of the hype and i became a google glass explorer i bought the kit it was quite expensive it was just over a thousand pounds so what's that about thirteen hundred dollars or something yeah and I thought, but I, I learned a lot from just trying the technology. So I brought it into my practice. I spoke with my, uh, my medical indemnity to make sure I was okay. Well, how do we think about how we could safely use it? And then I uh, started using it in my practice. Now, 
you know, some things worked well. I mean, I felt I looked really cool. I looked like one of the four. <laughs> it was actually really helpful for taking pictures and videos, particularly documenting practical procedures when my hands were, were occupied with the patient. And I really loved the way that notifications worked. It led me to actually develop something called a GWIB, which is an odd word, but it's a word that comes from one of the Welsh words to mean informed because we developed it in Cardiff and Wales. What was the name of so, it? So, GWIB, G-W-Y-B. Uh, it's, it, it was a hack day that we experimented with. And it was, it was great. You know, it was interesting. But basically, having some, a small screen that was intermittently connected to the internet to one side, when I had a massive screen next to me with a power connection to the internet, it didn't really add enough. And then as time went on, little things started pop, popping up. For example, I forgot that I was wearing it. Now, that wasn't a major issue. But I remember one occasion, I was doing a, a particularly personal exam on a female patient. And then I came away and we were talking about it. And then she said, well, what's that on the side of your head? And I had to say, ah, yes, yeah, that's a camera. Uh, but don't worry, it wasn't recording. Yeah. But you know, those things I wasn't- practices, yeah. Yeah. And then what stopped me using it at that particular time was uh, one of my patients who suffers from paranoid schizophrenia, uh, saw it and we were t- talking about it. And, and he said to me, I says, I know what you're wearing, but why are you wearing it? And when I couldn't answer him properly, I thought my time using Google Glass at that point it was at an yeah, end. Yeah, and so yeah. it was an expensive experiment. I learned something from it, but ultimately it didn't work out then. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing that. And you took a couple bumps here and there. You experienced some good uses out of it and then decided not right now. You shelved it, right? I mean, it's not like you've given up on it. You've just shelved it. Oh, no, absolutely. In fact, you know, Google Glass has been, uh, has actually got itself working very nicely in enterprise solutions. I think that was the main thing is that, you know, as a consumer offering, it wasn't there, but in enterprise, in fact, I've been involved in a project called See What I See in my locality where we're looking at using Google Glass as a way that doctors can do remote visiting on patients in care homes. And, you know, there's a lot to suggest that might be very useful or providing expert support to paramedics in the community. That's through a company called Expert Eye. And again, I can send you the details for that for the show notes. Perfect. That would be really great for those listeners that want to tune into that. Uh, it's a, a very interesting space that, that Keith is working on. What would you say, Keith, is one of your most proud medical leadership moments that you had to date? There's been a few that I've really enjoyed being involved in. The one that I'm most proud of was a project called My Little One. And My Little One was a project that was uh, undertaken by the company that I work for as an employed doctor, uh, Integrated Care 24, and uh, the Digital Health and Care Institute in Scotland. And very simply put, we stepped in at short notice to provide a solution in a neonatal intensive care unit. In a neonatal intensive care unit, what sometimes happens is that uh, the children are very unwell and the mother's very unwell, and as a result, they can't visit. And so we were able to use off-the-shelf hardware for cameras and uh, an iPad to allow parents to visit visit their children in intensive care. And it was something that we did in conjunction with the Royal Victoria Hospital in Kirkcaldy. And was, that was also evaluated by the Glasgow Caledonian University. So four groups of people coming together really quickly and delivering what was a really, really amazing solution, just using hardware that we had uh, available and, and the teams on all sides. And the thing that really made me proud is that uh, we managed to turn it around quite quickly. It was up and running. I remember we, we launched it on the 7th of November. 
2015. And at that time, I remember uh, we gave the hardware, the, the little tablet to the, the mother who was sitting next to the baby and I explained what was going on and how, and she said, can I take it back to my room? I said, yeah, that's no problem. And then she went upstairs. And then I realized a short while afterwards that I had to go and get it back to do something, to take a photo. And I went upstairs and came into her room. And uh, in her room, she was sitting at the top of her bed with her partner. And they were sitting very quietly, looking at the end of their bed, where they had propped up the tablet, just watching the baby. And at that point, I thought, yes, yes, this is, yeah. this is what it's about. Yeah. This is delivering benefit right now. That's awesome. That's a great story. And, and I'm sure, I mean, how did you feel when you saw that? It was really touching to see this. It was really touching to, to, to help. I mean, I knew intuitively that working in this space would be really, really helpful. But to actually see it, see it happening was something else. And I'm really fortunate as the doctor, we get to see moments, like happy moments and sad moments. So we're maybe more used to seeing this. The thing that I also may be proud is seeing how motivated the team that I worked with were on delivering something that had a direct patient impact. And that's the lure of working in digital health because you're doing something that's really good. And I've seen that motivate people very well. So it's lovely. Uh, that's really great. I, and, and I just, I'm inspired by the story and uh, it's great to enable this type of care and healthcare through technology, Keith. And you Absolutely, guys, yeah. Yeah, you guys are doing a really great job. So tell me about something exciting that you're focused on today, Keith. Well, one of the things that I'm focused on right now and I'm really excited about is, 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 <laughs> is, a, is virtual reality, obviously. I am um, virtual and augmented reality. So I, last year, I founded a group called VR Doctors, which your, your listeners can, are very welcome to join. It's on Facebook at the moment. And it's a Facebook group. You just apply to be a member. And we discuss and share what we're doing. And through that, I mean, I'm very proud of that. And there are two things that have come out of that I'm particularly excited about. The first of which is um, a collaboration that I'm working with uh, a hospital in London, the Royal Brompton and Harefield. And this came out of me just, this is the benefit of sharing things. So I was talking about what I was managing with VR with my patients in the practice. And uh, a consultant, a Mr. Sunil Boudia, who is a cardiothoracic surgeon working at the Royal Brompton and Harefield, got in touch. And he said, look, I had this idea. You know, um, I'm, where I work, we have patients going to intensive care. And when they go to intensive care, some of them have condition afterwards called post-operative delirium, where they're confused or agitated. And that's up to about 80% of people that have major surgery going into intensive care. Now, those people need to stay in ICU for longer. Those people end up uh, sometimes with longer, more complications. Uh, and it's difficult to manage. But he said, well, we know that if we take people before they go to intensive care, we take them in there and show them around, makes them less anxious. And that reduced anxiety can reduce post-operative delirium. And he was saying, well, can we not do this in VR? So I picked up my gear and went up and met with him and we mocked something up, you know, using a 360 camera. And, uh, and that's turned into a project called Prevent ICU Delirium, which that's is a psycho cool. yeah, psychological resilience through the, expo uh, through the use of virtual reality as a novel therapy in ICU delirium. And that's, um, we're working with, uh, with medical realities. You may, some people out there may have heard of Shafi Ahmed. It's the company that he works with he's involved in and they're helping us make the platform which we're going to take to a randomized controlled trial next year so i'm tremendously excited about that and my involvement in that and as an advisor and then more personally i've been exploring the area that that family practice or primary care physicians it's it's our domain it's our it's our, our place it's the consultation it's where we meet patients that's where all the the good work happens and so i'm exploring what it might be like to consult patients inside virtual reality. I'm posting that on Twitter. I'm at Keith Grimes and, uh, and on my website, uh, which I'll give you details in the end. And, and I'm doing them as a series of sort of short vlogs and just basically trying out 
and exploring and sharing things, you know, like, because I think that going forward, virtual reality might be a platform that people will want to discuss it. augmented reality too. You might want to meet your doctor there. And I, I think there are some real, real benefits of doing it in VR. So I'm just exploring just now. And that is exciting. Yeah, it really is, Keith. And you're always on to something new, something awesome. But what I love about the way you do it is that you're always doing it with the patient at the center. And, and uh, it's just uh, yeah. very, very inspiring. You could try gadgets just for gadget's sake, or you could do what Dr. Grimes does and, and keep the patient in focus when you do it. Yeah, absolutely. That's really important. So, Keith, let's pretend you and I are building a medical leadership course on what it takes to be successful in medicine. It's the 101 or the ABCs of Dr. Keith Grimes. We're going to write a syllabus together. I've got four questions for you, lightning round style, followed by a book that you recommend to the listeners. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready to go. Awesome. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? Listen to the patients. What is the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? Don't lead with the solution. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? You have to be nimble. Use existing technology, learn from the best, implement and learn fast, and then share what you know. What is one area of focus that should drive all else in your organization or practice? For me, as a doctor, it's about making the care of my patient my first concern. I mean, I always say to my patients that they're the captain of their ship and I'm the first officer. So I advise, I implement their orders, and I help keep the ship safe when they're incapacitated. So my role is to listen. Love it. And Keith, what book would you add to this syllabus for our listeners to read? Can I mention two? Please. Oh, briefly. Well, my first book is Watchmen, the graphic novel by Alan Moore, Dave Gibbons, and John Higgins. And I'm bringing this up because, as I said, I'm a geek. (laughs) And reading that book when I was a teen was my eureka moment when I understood the power of comic books to address adult and global themes. But when it comes down to health leadership and medicine, It reminds me about the complexity of the world, about how being a leader isn't simply about trying to be Superman. We have to be accountable, or as they say in the book, who watches the watchman? And in terms of a leadership text, one of the great books I read recently was In Search of the Perfect Health System by Mark Bricknell. It's a really good book. It's got lots of short chapters, and he travels the world and looks at all the different healthcare systems and tries to work out what works and what doesn't work. And it reminds me that the best solutions to our problems are most often found outside our area of knowledge. I love that. Uh, I always wondered that, Keith. I wish there was a way that I could learn a little bit more about all the health systems Mm -hmm. in one shot. And it sounds like this is the book. Oh, yeah, it's really good. And like I said, lots of short chapters. So you can pick it it up and put it down. And then he makes his own... He makes his own comments and thoughts at the end. The NHS, the NHS awesome. pops up for being brilliant for equity of access, but not so good at other things. So he sort of says, what would be the ideal system and sort of mixes and matches. And there's some, there's some really interesting suggestions in that. Wow, so cool. Keith, thanks for that. Uh, listeners, this is the cool thing about the syllabus portion of, of the show is that these amazing leaders in healthcare come with their best. They distill it in these little nuggets of wisdom. And then these resources, the books like Keith just mentioned, don't worry about writing any of it down. Just go to outcomesrocket.com slash Dr. Keith. That's D-R. K-E-I-T-H. And you're going to find all of the show notes as well as the syllabus and the book, as well as any links that Dr. Keith Grimes wants to share with us. Keith, what would you say 
a closing thought is and the best place that the listeners could get in touch with you? I think my close, I mean, I've spoken a little bit about the importance to focus on patience, but one of my closing thoughts, I'd like everyone to just do it. Just sometimes you have to be bold. Sometimes you have to be brave. Sometimes you have to take risks. And it's absolutely right that you, you're careful and you minimize any particular problem, you know, risks that might come out of this. But ultimately, you have to take that step. Ultimately, you have to do this. And if you're involved in innovation, sometimes you have to be the first person to do it. And you're going to have to take that step. So my closing thought is if you've got that idea, if you've got something that you think will help and you, you want to take it forward, just do it. Love it. What a great message. And what is the best place that the listeners could get in touch with you or follow you? Yeah. Well, um, Twitter is a really good way of contacting me or just following what I've got to say. I, I post pretty extensively. So I'm at Keith Grimes. That's K-E-I-T-H-G-R-I-M-E-S. My website, which is www.drgrimes.co.uk or drgrimes.co.uk. I kind of put everything there. So I have a podcast called Curistica where I look at digital health. I've got the VR doctors work, all accessible there. And if you want to get involved in VR doctors, like I said, we're a nice friendly bunch. Facebook, search bar, VR doctors, away you go. Fantastic, Keith. Really appreciate the time you spent with us today. And I'm really excited to see where you and your fellow peers take VR and medicine. So I just want to say thank you so much for, for spending time with us today. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. It's been brilliant speaking to you. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more.